All right, what's going on, everybody? We are back for another episode of Expanding Culture with Kilo on the regular network. I got some very, very special guests with me today. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Sure, I'll, I'll start. Uh, well, ladies first, go ahead, Gwen. <laughs> I'm Gwen Witherspoon. I'm the executive editor of Caliber Magazine and a member of the National African American Gun Association. And I am Philip Smith. I'm the national president and founder of the National African Gun Association. And um, we started back in 2015 and we have over about 40,000 members right now. 40,000, wow. 40,000, over 40,000 members, over 120 chapters and in 43 straits. Let me help him out. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. So, so where, where did you guys grow up at or where are you from and you know? What, what were you into before you got into guns heavily? Well, um, I'll start. I, go ahead, go ahead, I was born in Columbus, Georgia, when my dad was stationed at Fort Benning. So I'm an army brat. And uh, my husband says I'm from nowhere. And that's pretty much true because I did not grow up in Georgia at all. I went to, um, I lived on the, uh, my memories, my, my best memories are on the East Coast in the Maryland, DC, Virginia area. And then my father moved, got stationed for the second time in Anchorage, Alaska. So technically I am air quotes from uh, Alaska. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I've always been a creative. I, when I was a little girl, all I wanted to be was an artist. And somebody came along one day and said, you don't wanna just be any artist. You wanna be a commercial artist because they make money. And I said, oh, okay, that's what I wanna be. So I went to college and, and I became that. And have spent over 30 years, the last 30 years in um, every marketing communications discipline. I have my own branding agency now. And um, I now have the, the pleasure of having NAGA hire our agency to publish Caliber Magazine. But I didn't, my, even though my father was in the army, I knew nothing about guns, um, was not interested in guns, have not been exposed to guns at any level. And so my husband uh, is the one who dragged me to a NAGA meeting, <laughs> but, but I was so impressed with the organization and I loved learning about the tradition of arms. And so then I just overnight became a proponent of, of fire, firearms ownership for African-Americans. I called all my girlfriends and invited them to the ladies day that um, is held monthly at the local chapter here. And eight of them came with me and it was just, it was just a blast. And so now uh, I'm, I still consider myself a newbie to firearms. And um, it's, I'm beyond excited to learn at all this stuff about the, um, you know, the second amendment and all the things that, all the different ways that you can exercise your second amendment rights and, you know, recreation, survival, food, everything. So it's been, uh, you know, it's been a, a, a really, it is a really fun journey. Nice. What about you, Mr. Phillip? Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't come from a background for firearms at all. You know, typically, I come from a family of five kids, you know, mother and father. Um, and I was born and raised in Blail, California, Northern California. You know, we didn't talk about girls. I talked about, talked about guns. I talked about girls and talked about wanting to get a big throw like Michael Jackson. And I wanted to be a basketball player and all that good stuff. But guns just weren't in the equation. Um, that changed in 2002 when I moved to Georgia. And uh, this was inundated with really good folks that surprisingly owned guns. I see my dentist, he had a gun. I see my attorney or I see a CPA or would run into 
friends and colleagues that I worked with, and they would all be talking about how they went to the to, to the range and they would shoot over the weekend. And that was just really surprising, especially coming from California, where there's I'm not going to say it's an anti-gun state, but it's a strong sentiment um, where they really try to discourage individuals and citizens to um, you know to own a gun. And Georgia's just the opposite. They really encourage you to be self-reliant and be able to protect yourself, and you know just to have a level of self-defense that you aren't afforded in California. So I think 13 years of that from 2002 to 2015 really changed my mindset and really opened me up to finally go to a range. And when I finally did go to the range, it was really rewarding. I enjoyed it. Um, I felt empowered. And that's when the light bulb went on. I said, you know, if I could have fun as an unexperienced African-American male, um, I'm sure other black men and women across the country, if I provided a, an organization that was a bridge from being uninformed to being trained they would take that walk across the bridge. And that's when I set up NAGA and it has uh, grown from myself to well over 40,000 members now all over the country. It's a full, well-oiled machine. There's thousands of folks that make this machine work. It's not me. It's a we thing, not a me thing. And uh, myself and Winter, we're just part of that, that big ride. Yeah. Did you say what year you started NAGA? I didn't hear you. What year was yeah, that? Sorry, February, February 28th in 2015 in honor of Black History Month. Okay, so you you're coming on. You just uh, you just completed the seventh seventh year, full year that's of uh, that's pretty big. Forty thousand forty thousand plus in seven years is a lot of growth. Mm, thank you. It's a lot. It's nice. Okay, so did you what what were you doing before you got into this? What what professionally? What were you doing? HR recruiter, and HR consultant, Silicon Valley and the Bay Area for. Well over 18 years and um i mean i love a lot of money and did quite well but it was uh it's one thing to make money for somebody else and just be part of that you know eight to five thing but mm -hmm. it's another thing to go about and develop something that's going to help your community and more specifically help black people across the country um at an intimate level because I, I believe and this is my own sense when you teach an african-american how to shoot you're intimately providing value to that person's life, even if they don't really realize because you're teaching them how to live. If someone were to break in their house, they now have an, an opportunity. They're not a guarantee. I, I want to stress that an opportunity to protect themselves. So learning how to shoot the gun provides a baseline of security and safety that um, our members really enjoy and, and, and really grow to, uh, to grow to, to appreciate. Okay. So is the, NAGA more of a training organization or an advocacy, both, or how would you describe it? Well, from my perspective, we are at our core, a training and safety organization. We teach folks how to shoot a gun. That's our, that's our, that's how we're built. We're very, very good at teaching African-Americans across this country and others who want to join how to shoot a gun, how to load a gun, what gun is best for them based on their size, their weight, all that good stuff. But in the same breath, we do not advocate a political perspective. In other words, we don't, we're not Republicans, we're not Democrats, because we have all that in our organization, but we will advocate positions that are supportive of the Second Amendment. Uh, and we do that pretty consistently. And it's a very tight wire that we have to walk. Um, I'll give you an example. When Philando Castile was shot, we, we believe that was not only a social injustice, but we feel it was an infringement on his Second Amendment rights. Uh, when uh, Ahmaud Arbery was jogging on a Sunday looking at houses and was attacked, 
we believe that was a social injustice that was done to him. So we spoke on that. So are we political? Yes and no, but we don't, we don't speak about a certain political perspective or politicians. We will not back a, a politician, but we do back policy. Okay. So then that'll lead me right into, let's, I guess we want to break down this uh, misconception that is, you guys are the black NRA. What's the difference between NAGA and the NRA? I'm sorry, you, you, you broke up for a second. I didn't hear you. Sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. My, my response is the following. The NRA, I, I can't speak to them, but I can say what, what, what we're about. We're about training African-American folks to learn how to shoot and, and learn all the basic fundamentals. That's where both organizations are relatively the same. What sets us apart from any other organization in the world, I might add, is that we have a process called the NMOC, the New Members Orientation Class. And in that class, you learn about the Black history of arms. You learn about the Tuskegee Airmen. You learn about the Buffalo Soldiers. You learn about um, Bass Reeves. You learn about Harriet Tubman, the Black Panthers of Self-Defense. You learn about the Deacons of Defense. You learned about all those African-Americans that have came before you, and in a lot of cases, gave them, given their lives so that you and I can have this conversation today. That's the difference. And when you leave that class, does it make you a historian? No, but you certainly understand the enormity, the, the, the level of responsibility you have as a black person when it comes to owning a gun. We are about making the consciousness of African-Americans across this country, country to be rattled, to be awoken. You've heard the term in, in, the, in certain circles, that person is woke. But we wake people up when they come to, to the, the National African Gun Association in a very positive, enlightening, enlightening and, and supportive way where you understand that you are part of a bigger family. You're part of a bigger history. You're part of a bigger circle that has came before you. And that you, when you're walking, those shoes have been filled by someone else that, you, that has came before. You just happen to be going in the same direction and you should be proud of that. That's the difference. When you join other organizations, they're going to teach you how to shoot. They're going to teach you how to, what gun to buy, what caliber and all that good stuff. But they will not tell you about your history, specifically African-American history in this country as it relates to firearms. That's the difference between us and, and the NRA or any other organization. And I have to say that that's, that is the first meeting that I went to uh, with my husband. He took me to a meeting and it just happened to be the day that NMOC was being held at the Bass Reeves chapter in Atlanta. And I cannot say enough about how that, that entire presentation impacted me. And I, I mean, my, at the time my niece was 16 years old, I called my sister, I was like, you need to take her to the range, you need to. And I felt like, I guess I felt that way primarily because I felt like this was information and, um, and a skill set that also would help her just to be more comfortable and more confident and to have more agency about herself. So I felt like it was so important for us as African-Americans to, to introduce our children, not only just to go ourselves, but to introduce our children. And Correct. so Inmok, Inmok did that for me. Yeah, and Gwen, and Gwen is so on point. What she has just said is the exact sentiment and feeling that thousands of African-Americans have when they leave that in mock. They're, they're, they're saying stuff like, I didn't know that. That makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. I can have a, I don't have that, that stigma that's been placed on our, or in our community. It's been waived now that I know. And information is powerful. When you inform somebody on the way Gwen was informed, it changed her perspective 
it gave her a new direction on how she sees things. And I think it carries over even to today. So it's Denmark is a difference maker. And I encourage you, even if you don't join the organization to participate in it. Oh, so you can go to a class without being a part of NAGA. Well, we encourage you to join the organization, but I, I will say this. If you want to attend one of our NMOCs and you are not a member, I don't think you're going to get pushed away because it's learning about history. It's learning about our people. It's educating you on facts that you didn't know about Harriet Tubman, the shotgun that she utilized to emancipate thousands and thousands or hundreds of, of slaves. You learn about um, Nat Turner, how he utilized the firearm to try to free himself. He died in the process, but at least he tried because he had a firearm. Right. Um, so it, it's very, very powerful. Nice. I, I heard uh, Gwen mention the Bass Reeves chapter. Is that how chapters are named after legendary Black figures from history? Or is it just the Atlanta we, chapter? We encourage that. No, we encourage that, that you, when you start a chapter, that you try to sit back and not just throw a name out there that's cool and trendy, that you have thought about it. And we encourage someone to start a chapter name after a historical uh, person in the African-American community. You don't have to, but it's certainly something that we uh, applaud if you're able to really do your homework and find something that is, you know, really connected to our, our community historically. I like that. Well, and, and let me say this too about those names. So Phil, Phil calls NAGA the most unique brotherhood and sisterhood in the firearms industry. And, and when you see the names of all these chapters, like the roll call, I was, I was on the team that was planning our convention before it got canceled before COVID. And we were looking at all the names of the chapters across the country and we just got more and more excited. We we're like, we couldn't, we just, all we could see was all these people coming through the doors, rocking their gear, repping their club and all those names and learning the history. Yeah. It, that's a, that's yeah. a special kind of fun. Nice. It's yeah, a beautiful, it's a, it witness right. It's beautiful. It's, it makes you feel very, very proud as an African-American when you see that happening. It is pretty cool. It's, uh, it is very cool. I think I heard of NAGA. I feel like I heard of it when it first started because right. I, I looked it up and I realized that it wasn't just some big gun club that would let everybody in. And I realized that I needed to get my credentials in order just to be even associated because it's, it's an official organization. It's not just a free for all of, hey, we just need a bunch of people, so just come be a part of our ranks. Yeah. You know, it's really yeah. a serious situation. And I'm, it's good because um, I kind of forgot about it and I didn't realize that it was still growing so large until I saw the Caliber magazine pop up somewhere. And I was like, oh, I, I have heard of this, right? As far as membership goes, how does a person become a member of NAGA and are you guys always accepting new members? We're, all, we're always accepting new members. It's very easy. Go to our website, www.naaga.co, and you can simply click on uh, uh, memberships, click on it, and it gives you three options, and just typically join, uh, single, couple, or family, and uh, or single or couple, and just join, and it's very, very easy. I, I want to add, and I hope you ask about this at some point, about Caliber Magazine, because Caliber Magazine has been uh, a, a definite difference maker for the organization. It has allowed people to see us in a different light. And behind all that, the, the, the genius behind that is, is Gwen. She has been a, a godsend to the organization because she's very creative. She had a, a vision of how she wanted to present it. Even I was kind of looking at me and she hit me over the head and made, made me see right. <laughs> Wait, it took four years. So he was looking yeah, four at me years. sideways for a long time. 
A lot of scar tissue. You see the scar tissue? <laughs> I like that was my next question, actually. So as you guys were going through the process of running NAGA, what made you say, let's come up with this magazine? This publication. Like, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, well, so I told you my husband dragged me to a meeting. I mean, I, I wasn't, he didn't have to do too much convincing. He was just like, oh, we're going to this meeting. And so I showed up and had the NMOC, it was the same day for that. And um, the first thing we told Phil when we met him was NAGA needs its own magazine. And so my husband, has, he was a, um, a US Army photojournalist. So um, he is a veteran of, of war. And I, um, I have, I told you, I started out as a graphic designer and spent most of my career in every possible marketing communications discipline. And so we're just creatives and we're like, we just saw the opportunity immediately for an organization with that kind of strength, with that kind of stability. It was just, you just had such a sense of, of stability when you walk through the door and that um, everything was just so well done. And we just thought MAGA needs a magazine, but it has taken, uh, it did take over four years to convince Phil <laughs> that we were right. <laughs> and then, so what, <laughs> right. So once we started having that conversation last year, by that time though, I felt like we, that, there, that there was a better strategy that um, we, of course, we want to talk about the, we want to tell the stories that are important to the members of the organization, but we felt like we had an opportunity to not just talk about NAGA business and just focus it on members of the organization, but that we could reach a much broader audience of African-Americans who you know, might be interested. So uh, Pew Research did a study back in 2017 of gun ownership, and they said 50% of Americans who don't own guns Said that they would be willing to purchase guns. And for us in, in the African-American community, that represents about 17 million people. And so we felt like because most of the members of NAGA are new gun owners, about 70% of the organization, we felt like that made more sense, that NAGA could have a greater role in helping African-Americans to, to take advantage of their Second Amendment rights by launching a magazine that spoke to the, the community in general. And so that's the strategy for Caliber. So as our, you know, our, the, the NAGA membership is our foundation. So um, as if you are a member of the organization, you got the first copy for free, and then but you get um, free access also to our Caliber community and to Caliber Digital. So we we love to say it's not just a magazine subscription; um, it is a community. And so when you join. Um, the community itself, that's how you get the print subscription. And, um, and then you have access because we are all busy and some people like to consume their content in different ways. So we are also doing a digital version on the website. So that you, we actually launched three platforms. We launched the print magazine, we launched the website, which is Caliber Digital, and then we launched the community itself. And we, I like to say the magazine is where we tell your stories. We tell our stories. The, the um, Caliber Digital is where you get more of the story. And then Caliber Community is where you share your story. And the, and the content is related, but it's not the same on all the platforms. So if you say, well, I don't want the print magazine, 
you can certainly subscribe to the digital, but you're not going to get exactly the same stories in digital. If you say, I, I don't, I'm not interested in any of those other platforms. I just want to be in the community. That's great. You're going to get content, everything that's applicable for that environment and that platform, but you're not going to get the stories that are online and that are also, so when you subscribe that $129.99 a year gets you access to all of it. And, um, so we're really we're beyond excited about it, and we and we're overwhelmed by the response that we've gotten so far. People are having a visceral response to seeing themselves and seeing. We, I love to say it's 68 pages, and 66 of them are all Black folks, and um, that's pretty exciting. And and we we just want to tell our stories and celebrate Black life. The theme is that Caliber is the magazine for Black life and protection, and um, we just want to celebrate, inspire, you know, just and help us to get um, have greater experiences, to learn, to have, um, you know, stronger relationships. It's exciting because in the community, you get connected with people across the country that care about the same things that you care about. And uh, it's it's nothing but a party. It's so much fun to see everybody in. And when they when they started getting their magazines, that was the other thing that was so funny. They oh, were yeah. posting pictures of the magazine with their guns in the community. <laughs> like it was, it was just, it was just all kinds of fun. So we're we're getting ready to um, host our first private event uh, inside of the community, and it's going to be a, a virtual block party. And uh, as and also, there's I, there's so many benefits to joining the community. I always forget the list, but we'll, we we also have we're building an on demand training libraries. So in addition to like, when you join NAGA, NAGA has a membership portal with over 350 videos, training, all kinds of stuff in there. But, and then inside of Caliber community, we also will have a training library, but it's going to be really simple, like basic, uh, easy to consume little courses that we, and we're yeah. partnering with certified firearms instructors to help develop those. We'll do private events, I mean, just so many different reasons that to join, but more than anything, it's the first time we've had a space like this dedicated to the African-American two-way community. And the first time in the history of ever of, of, of time that we've ever had a publication like this dedicated to African-Americans. And so we are beyond ecstatic about the opportunity to do it. Uh, and the fact that Phil finally saw we were right and that's it. <laughs> that's my that's my uh, my favorite part of it, because it immediately struck me that I can't think of any other magazine, black gun magazine ever. I couldn't I'm not that old, but I still couldn't remember right. hearing about one or I've never heard of it. So it immediately struck me and I started researching. I'm like, wait, this is connected to that organization that I heard about some years ago. Yeah. And then it, I, I said I had to reach out immediately because I know this is about to blow up and you guys will be way too busy to do interviews on, <laughs> on Zoom. So I had to reach out immediately. But I, you, you said something that made me think about the fact that you had the foresight to say, I don't want to start this magazine independent of an established institution like NAGA. You wanted right. to make sure that NAGA was on board with it because you could have just went and done it. You said you tried to convince him for years, but you could have went and done it, but it might not have felt the same as partnering up with an organization that has 40,000 plus members with a baked in infrastructure already. Right. So it makes sense. So what, what gave you the foresight to say, I want to work this system yeah. to, to put it out this way? 
Well, let me tell you what, you know, what, what we do is we build brands. Like I have my own branding agency I mentioned. So it's called Adam Red. And at Adam Red, we build brands, period. And we help other people. Like I love, I almost feel like I'm a, an interpreter of dreams. And so I can look at somebody else I'm, I'm, and really I'm like a moth to a flame. You, you share me with me an idea. I start seeing all these ways to make it work. And so Phil had such a great foundation with the organization out the gate. So it was just apparent that that was something that he, that would benefit the organization. And, and, um, and I always tell him, so one of the, there's so many special things about this magazine, but one of the, 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 the biggest issues is we built this entire thing. Like from when he said, yes, we built the entire thing from scratch in less than 90 days, like everything about it. Incredible. Incredible. It usually takes two years of planning. Gwen and Ron did that in, three months, which I, I still can't believe it's that that's, that's miraculous. Well, and what's hilarious is as soon as the, the artwork went to the printer, Phil said, it's a, at the printer. I said, yeah. He said, you mean it's on time? I said, yes, yeah, on time. And he, <laughs> and he, he said, gotcha, I gotta admit it. I, I didn't, I didn't believe I did. you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then after every, after it started shipping to everybody, he told me 10 out of 10 people on the executive team didn't think I could do it. Wow. Here's the beauty. I'm going to, I want to toot Gwen's horn for a moment here because she's being far too modest. She is one of the most incredibly gifted people that we have. I've, I've ever ran into. She's extremely intuitive, very, very good at understanding what, what you need, even though you don't know you need it. And that's what she saw within the organization. And I really, that's why I love her to death. You know, we fuss and we fight, but end of the day, I know she's got the back of the organization and she knows what's best for, for all of us. And I want to say this, and I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet. The nuanced importance of the, or, of, the, of the magazine is not so much that it is a magazine for gun owners, but it's a magazine for all walks of life. If you were into camping, if you're into yeah, hiking, yeah. if you're into archery, if you're into swimming, any outdoor activity, if you're an African-American, this is the magazine you can really read, enjoy, if you like food travel trends, travel tips. Gwen has integrated all those topics in and really just wove a really interesting story that you want to be a part of um, as, 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 a, as a person getting the book. And I'm a fan of the magazine, taking myself outside of being the president of the organization because the magazine is that well-written. And I think uh, she, she needs to really be given uh, kudos for you know putting it together in such a format. Yeah, it does. It looks amazing. But let me tell you this too. So I got I got to toot this horn back. So when you talked about and partnering with an organization, you know we're always going to go further together. We're always going to be able to do more, earn more. There's plenty for everybody. And so one of the the one of the reasons that we were able to pull this off in such a short period of time was also because of the the foundation that Phil and the executive team and the leaders across the country, the work that they've been doing for six years, because they, at that point it was six years. And so because of what they had been doing, they had been cultivating relationships with companies in the firearms industry for for all those years. And so the magazine was a tangible thing that they could say yes to and then they could step into a, di- a different level of partnership. And so far, every one of our advertisers has basically come on board with that attitude. Their attitude is they want to help strengthen the organization. They want to help reach African-Americans. And, you know, and we know there were, you know, before this, there were very few and far between ads that had African-Americans in them from, from these companies. And they all recognize that. 
And so the idea also that um, they stepped in immediately and said, yes, that's huge testament to the work that Naga and Phil and the executive team and the leaders across the country have been doing for all these years. So it just made more sense, right? Like I, 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 done, I didn't have any interest in doing the magazine apart from the organization because what I do is I support and build other people's visions and dreams. And that's, it's what I'm, I mean, I just feel like I'm in gifted to do what I enjoy doing. I enjoy building in partnership and in, as a team. And um, it was, to me, is the only way to get it done. But it's been amazing, um, the response and everything. Um, and But it's all because of those elements together. It wasn't one one person, one group. You know, it, it was all of us doing it together. Yeah. I feel like, Gwen, me and you have, like, a similar mindset when it comes to things. Because I have this, I started this network because I feel like I'm more production-minded. I want to get away from the camera. I'm yeah. trying to sign people and help them build what they have going on because I just, I, I just, my mind works like that. When I see other people doing things, I'm like, I, I know a way we can make it look better. Yeah. You know, make it, make it grow better. But um, yeah. you answered a question kind of without me even, before I could even ask it, I was going to ask, normally when you see a lack of black people in certain spaces is because of the network, the good old boys club thing that's hindering them from growing and being successful and things like that. But you said advertisers were on board. I was going to ask you, as a Black gun magazine company, were you guys having an issue getting advertisement? Because that's how you really run these type of businesses, a publication, you need ads. But you yeah. said that they are willing and- No, um, I mean, we, listen, we had such a short, short period of time. Like the first advertiser meeting, the first presentation was not until the end of September, the very first one. Yeah. So part of it, it wasn't so much that people were saying no, it was just, we just didn't have the time to get to them to even ask, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it really is a testament to the seven we started out with who said yes before there was anything other than a presentation and an idea. Mm -hmm. And so, but I believe that's because of the work that Phil and the team have been doing all those years. So they were watching and they saw it something valuable in the work that had that they had been already doing so to step up and say yeah we're gonna we're, yeah we want to come in on this magazine it, it it was an easier decision for them to make and so and at this point we're so busy getting the work done and making it happen getting the next issue done and trying to provide the best value inside the community and online and everything. Like we're so focused on that. We don't have time to even be concerned about anybody who's not supporting us. It's just, we're getting, we feel like we're getting more yeses. Um, I mean, it's, it's almost been predominantly yes. Like there's, there's actually been no one who said no. There may have been some who said, we, you know, we can't, we're not gonna come in just now or yet, but um, it's been amazing. And um, they have, they've just really stepped up. And uh, we had the one recently, he, they even just stated, they said, yeah, we, we're gonna advertise, but we don't have any black people in our ads. <laughs> so they have to go get some ads. And I, I kind of, I chuckled to myself when we first started, cause I thought I could imagine these executives sitting around the tables going, where are we gonna get some black people, you know? <laughs> but, but, but no, they've been really great. And they've been, they've all really said anything you need. And so at this point, whatever we don't have is because we just haven't had time to slow down enough to say, Hey, can you help us with X? You know, because they, they've all stepped in and said they want to be partners. And um, that's, that's really been wonderful. That's a, that's great because um, people need to hear. Also, I'm, okay. my, my, my sense. Gwen, Gwen 
really points out that when we're talking to those advertisers, she let them know we have value. We're not coming to the table as it was as previous years, just kind of a handout. We have an organization that is behind us that, that can validate you putting your money into the magazine. And that's the thing that really makes me feel good, you know, as the, as the president and, and, and working with Gwen. When we talk, we're talking from a point of, of strength. We're just not saying, you know, there's four or five guys over here that want to that want to support you. No, we have we have some numbers, and I, I think that is the the big difference maker, you know, for, for our organization. Yeah, I like that, and people more people need to hear about success like that because um, that is a daunting task for a lot of people to figure out how to get advertisers. And Phil just answered it by saying we had strength behind us already. We can move the needle with just the people we have now. Not to mention the type of growth. Because when you talk about 40,000, there's 40 million here in this, yeah. just this country. If you want to expand to Canada, there's a whole lot of Black people there. There's a lot of Black people everywhere. Right. So this can become a multinational global organization. 40,000 is the beginning, honestly, because with a six, six seven-year-old organization, that yeah. type of growth just says where you guys plan to go is just astronomical, really. So people need to hear about, okay, this is how you get advertisers. You need to have something to offer. Because I feel like for too long, it's weird how we everybody understands that Black consumerism drives so much economic growth everywhere. But when it comes, when it comes to advertisement dollars, they feel like they don't want to really spend it on us, even though we buy so much, which is strange, right? right. So it's good that you guys are like, hey, no, we have something and they want to advertise with us. And they're actually going to tailor ads for our publication specifically, too. They're not just going to throw us some old ads that they made in 2016 and tell us to go ahead with that, you know? So that's a that's a great, like, this is the great beginning of something, like, uh, that I'm fully standing behind. Can, how, how can new customers subscribe to the magazine? Or do they need to be a member? Or can anybody subscribe? Go ahead, I'll, I'll answer that. So, yeah, so... You do not have to be a member of the organization, but if you are, if you do join NAGA, you'll get the first issue for free. You'll get discounted um, subscription for the other three, um, three issues because it's a quarterly. You'll get access to the community and to digital at no extra charge. And um, but if you are, if you're, if you're not a member, you can join the organization, join um, Caliber, Caliber Community, and get the print subscription and everything else as well for $29.99 a year. So basically as a NAGA member, you save on that um, and anybody can join and, but you can visit introducing.calibermag.com. I'll put the link in the chat so you can um, share it with your audience. But Caliber is spelled without an E intentionally, C-A-L-I-B-R-M-A-G.com. So we have a landing page at introducing.calibermag.com. You join there, and um, that'll get you access to everything. And we'll and we'll be looking for you in the community, and you mm -hmm. will be greeted. <laughs> is, is caliber is caliber an acronym? When you say intentionally, is that it is not, it is not an acronym. We just liked it. Oh, okay, yeah, I like <laughs> it too. Like, I just wanted to make sure. Right, we just liked it. Me and somebody else asked the same thing, and you know, it's so funny. Social media is hilarious. So we were looking on on Facebook on the, on the NAGA national channels, and they were people were talking about somebody. Somebody said uh, uh, it makes us look stupid because we left the e out. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of modern magazines, you know, take out vowels and all of that. 
And mm. we just we just liked the way it looked. And that was literally the only reason. Exactly. It looks good to me too. I like I like how it looks like that. Caliber. Okay. Right. I like that. I love what's going on. Okay, so I guess this could be for both of you or just Phil. Uh, what are some common misconceptions that you see around gun ownership in the black community? What do you hear? Uh, that we're not that, that we're monolithic. We are all the same. We all come because we are mad at some group of people and we all want to grab our guns and go shoot people. Hmm. African Americans are very, very sophisticated. We're coming purchase guns for many, many reasons. Some women come to us because they've been, unfortunately, the experiencing domestic violence. Some do it because they want to shoot competitively and everything's great in their life. Some men want to join and women because they want to skate shoot. All the reasons why people are joining are different. And I think that's one of the biggest, quote unquote, misconceptions that the general public has when it comes to African-American that we have one, one lane that we're walking together. We have different lanes, different motivations. You know, me personally, I like shooting skeet. I'm an old guy. I don't like moving around a lot. So I want to sit in one place and pull the trigger. And, and, and it just varies. And I think that's a healthy thing. That's, that's, that's normal. And I just want people to know that we're very, very different. Gwen might have her motivations to shoot. I have mine. And I, th I think the organization is better when people can be who they want to be, relax, and just enjoy you know, the interaction that you have and, um, and shoot and be very, very happy about that. Nice. Gwen, have you heard any any uh, misconceptions that you would like to clear up or you would like to have cleared up? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can only just kind of ditto what Phil said. I think most more than anything, one of the things we're dealing with with the magazine is we're not we're we're not buying guns only because of white people like because in the in the media most of the time it's going to be in response to white nationalism or you know or some other social issue or some some big thing that's going on in the in the news and so we we are especially the more we learn as a as an editorial team and i didn't mention um i have a an associate editor sandra stevens in california and a an, uh, digital editor janice stevens in las vegas and all of us are new to firearms and uh uh, Janice just joined NAGA last November, and we're out here learning so much about just firearms ownership in general, all the different things you can do. And, you know, and Phyllis mentioned some of that. And I think what we're trying to do in the magazine is just really tell our stories for real, introduce you to real people. And, and Phil mentioned, you know, from different walks of life and, and we all have different motivations and different interests. And so we, we're we not just telling you, showing you pictures of black people with guns, which but though we, though we feel that is super important because our images have been demonized. It's like, if you see black people with guns, it's usually in some negative situation. And, um, and so we're not denying that there's violence in, in, in black communities across the country or that, but we're not more violent than anyone else and uh, we are we we sh we shoot to hunt. We shoot to live to survive. We shoot for competition. We shoot for fun. We you know we're collectors. We're law enforcement. We're we we are involved in every aspect of American life. We are whole human beings, and uh, and it's just we we want to show that we want to and and not because we're trying to convince anybody. It's just we just want to tell the stories that are really out here. Yeah, you're not trying to, but I feel like we do need to convince ourselves though, that it is normal. 
because a lot of us will look at other us and still <laughs> see that criminal thing when we see guns. Right. And oh, because we're all we're all drinking the same Kool-Aid. It's conditioning. You know? Yeah. Like we're yeah we're being conditioned. We're seeing that over yeah. and over and over again, and um and so we just we just really want to just be. I, I have this. I have a hard time saying I want to change the narrative or because I'm not. That's not my job. I can't change somebody else's talking points and what they. But I just want to be a voice out there telling my story, right? Telling the stories of other people that look and look like me, live like me. And that doesn't mean that all we care about is black people and we're against everyone else. It just means I, I'm just as excited about who I am as you are about who you are, you know, mm -hmm. no matter what. And um, so that's a, that's really what we're doing is we we want to just tell our own stories and do it in the most uh, with the most integrity. And my husband is adamant, I think probably before I started talking about a magazine, you know, and, um, and he was talking about building a library of images. So as a photographer, he, you know, we get tired of doing stock image searches in for firearms instructors and, you know, and you don't see, you don't even see a gun being held by a black hand. So, um, so we, we love the opportunity to do that, to just, take pictures and share stories and, you know, show families and fathers. And, you know, it's just, that's, that's the treat. And we're, we are, we are living this amazing life as we are going out and meeting NAGA members across the country, meeting people in all walks of life across the country and listening to their stories. And so we're doing the best we can to tell those stories with the most integrity. And the biggest compliment we've gotten so far was from Frederick Thrasher, the father of the Survival Sisters who are on the cover of our premiere issue. Mm. He said, you all have done my family justice. And that's what we're trying to do. That's amazing. And I was just, cause I did some time in the Navy and I was uh, in Afghanistan. I was just like three days ago looking at the pictures I took when I was in Afghanistan. So when you say your husband was a combat um, photographer, I'm like, I, I know that the type of pictures he probably has are like, that's my, that's what I'm into. I just love everything creative. So to have pictures yeah. in boots on ground territory, like I hope that I can see him one day if your husband will share him with the world. <laughs> I want to see him. But um, yeah, that's, oh, that's you, don't know, you don't know what he just said, right, Phil? <laughs> you opened oh, up a, a can right there, brother. <laughs> I, I love those. Hopefully, maybe we can interview him next because I'm that's my like my interest really, photography. Even I worked on a school yearbook back when, in high school. Like I love images. Yeah, I was in yearbook too. See? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, yep. That's a good so yeah, I, I love that. Um, I'm, I'm glad that that's the misconception that kind of both of y'all wanted to break down because the idea is that um, even when you go looking at slavery and all that, like if black people have weaponry, they'll yes. be able to defend against what we yes. want to do to yes. them. Or even if we, even if us as black people don't want to do anything like that, it's just, you have to put it out there so that when, when you talk about uh, people who are killed by police, they, once people find out they had a gun, it's kind of like, oh, okay, we understand why the police killed them. When right. honestly, that's not a crime to have right. a gun. But that's right. the first thing they say is like unarmed. Oh, if he was unarmed, it was wrong. But if right. he was armed, oh, okay, was right. I get it. Yeah. And no. I'm like, I just don't understand that. Why is it because he was armed? Is that the justification? You're allowed to be armed if we are Americans. We right. are Americans, aren't yeah. we? Yes. So why, why is arm, armed or unarmed the thing that they use in the headlines to say whether if it was a good killing or not? I just don't understand that. 
But the more we get these magazines out there, the, the bigger NAGA grows, this whole armed versus unarmed thing won't be a justification anymore. Yeah, because right. we can be armed. You can be armed. We don't need to see any more Philando Castillo situations. Mm-hmm. Actually, we should be armed, actually, just living in the country. But if you do it for hobby purposes, you know, some people like the flashy guns. And that should be their right to do. They shouldn't have to worry about, oh, this person is going to see me as a criminal because I like a gold thick right. caliber, you know, right. judge on my side or whatever, you know. Right. So, you know, and you, 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 you've touched on something else. I don't know that we, we've spoken specifically to, but that's the other piece of it is you cannot, we could not have launched Caliber magazine and just been a magazine that talked about guns in black no. We, no. We, yeah. when you talk about black people and guns, you, you have to share more of the story. So that's why we focused on the firearms lifestyle of African-Americans and why we cover firearms, family, business, and politics, because mm-hmm. you can't, because there's so much that goes with that, whether it's conscious or unconscious inside and outside of our communities. So we can't, you, you just can't do this, do it the same way. It's not just about the tool itself. And so there's plenty of magazines in the marketplace that just do that. But we're the only ones that are addressing just us as African-Americans in this country with the Second Amendment rights as full citizens, as whole human beings, and uh, sharing all aspects of our life. We're the only ones doing that. You are. We can say that with confidence, I would say. It's, uh, but are there any um, Black-owned gun ranges you guys know about that you can recommend to people and, you know, we can start? There, doing- there are a few throughout the country. Um, probably the most, one of the most popular ones, and I always like to shout them out because they are a very big supporter of the organization, is Geneva and Jonathan Solomon in Burbank, California. Um, Redstone Firearms, they have a range and a store. And they're one of the few African Americans uh, owned companies that have that 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 notation, but they're they have a range as well as a, a place to buy guns. Um, you know, for, is, for is Redstone black owned? Yeah, yeah, Redstone Fire Black owned, yes. I did not know that. I've been following them on Instagram for a while and I didn't yeah. realize they were black owned. Yes. Wow. That's cool. But there's others like Wanda James is part owner in a um in one, I don't know the names. Wait, we found out that Phil is a member of it and he didn't even realize it I in know. Colorado. <laughs> in Colorado, the, the armory, uh I forgot the name of them, but they're yeah. They're gonna shoot me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hmm. Oops. <laughs> yeah. But um, but you know what? We're finding out as well, like while we're doing this work, we're finding out about more and more of them. And so in the second issue of Caliber, we're gonna be talking about some of that. I think we're we're kind of planning out uh, this is the the little preview. We're kind of planning like a black gun tour uh f- feature that kind of points out different gun own give gun ranges, hunting lodges, hunting clubs all of those that are black owned across the country. And, um, you know, one of the things we want to do with Caliber is we also want to close the wealth gap. So whatever we can do to help, you know, get the word out, even help black folks get into businesses in the outdoor and the gun industry, we, we certainly want to do whatever we can um, uh, to, to be a part of a part of that and promoting what they're doing. Nice. Yeah, I can't believe Redstone was black owned. I, didn't, I really didn't know it. Well, <laughs> since we were talking about black owned, um, you know, ranges and things, what's the importance of black ownership in the gun industry? 
because you don't see it a lot, or if there if it exists, you don't hear about it a lot. Oh, this uh, is his topic right here. Oh, uh, this 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 you you got my 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 blood curling now. <laughs> okay. This is it. It, and, and Gwen and I, you know, we, we talk like brother and sister all the time, so she knows exactly what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it. If we fail to own anything, we will forever be consumers. We have to start taking ownership of land. We have to start taking ownership of the businesses that we go to. We have to start taking ownership of the products we're buying. I'll give you some basic common sense examples. Just imagine the chapter here in Atlanta or any place, New Jersey, California, that goes to a specific range where everyone's basically paying $50 every time they go to the range and they bring 30 or 40 people. Now you times that per month, per year, you have money in the thousands and thousands of dollars that's going to someone that doesn't look like you. Now I wanna say this, it doesn't mean that that particular range is a bad range. We have very good partners across the country, but it's critically important for us to own the property, the land, the product that we are purchasing. It's critically important because if you don't do that, you are forever going to be able, you're, you're forever going to be positioned in a place where you cannot have any leverage. If I go to my own range and I can go to my own range, nobody's going to tell me when I have to leave. I can bring as many people as I want. I can bring Reggie, I can bring Gwen, I can bring all my friends and family and we, we can shoot all day long. And it's been proven, and this is not even close, when you own the land that you shoot on, you develop better shooters over time because mm. you can stay there longer to get better for your whole community. Yeah. That is critical. There are other communities out there that are doing it very, very quietly. There was a, another uh, organization and, and, and another ethnic group that I won't mention that recently bought 1,500 acres in North Georgia. Wow. Now I want you guys to imagine 1,500 acres for 10 families. That's a lot, that's a lot of land. Yeah. That's a lot of, that, that's a difference maker. You can really do some things with that. Hmm. So we have to start thinking, we have the same buying power as the people, but we have to make some decisions. Instead of buying that nice Mercedes, that's gonna cost you about 80 or 90, or buying some chains or buying some shoes that has somebody else's name on it. Let's save that money for two or three years and buy that land so we can go ahead and, and I can call Gwen and Reggie and we all can go together and shoot at my range. Right. Let's do like that. That's what we're, that's the thing, we, that's the next step in this whole process. We first we are waking ourselves with our consciousness. The next is okay. What are we going to do with this new consciousness? Well, let's use our economic power together, and I mean together collectively. Doesn't mean you love the person that you're standing next to, but you understand that together you have more uh, benefits as a as a people and a community to buy land and products together. So I, I think we're starting to do that a little bit. We have some folks buying ammo together. I, I saw that. I got an email a couple of days ago. Some folks I think they bought like a fifteen hundred dollars worth of ammo. That's a start. Yeah. How about everybody in Naga bought their ammo on the same day from the same supplier? What kind of discount could we get? Right. It would be incredible. So yeah. as I can talk about this particular topic because it's a very, very sensitive one to me because I think it is the underlying issue that we really have to start addressing as gun owners. Yeah, I, I love the topic. And I'm, I'm heavy into the idea of manufacturing because that's where the infrastructure really is because even if we own everything else if we don't have if we don't control the supply we could be stuck without yeah you yeah. know and some of these um they have like i think daniel defense down in south georgia you know you got glock manufacturing you got all these things around but we don't own any of them so if somebody wanted to stop shipping thing you know something went crazy 
Do you know of any black gun manufacturers? Do 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 any exist? One, one that that I consider certified, validated that I can I can speak on and, and for, and that is um, APO. That's um, oh my god, in Asbury. Yeah, Asbury. Asbury, Asbury, Asbury Precision Ordnance. Yes, let me write but, that down. They are. <laughs> An African-American-owned uh, organization, well-run machine. Um, they're inundated with orders right now, like everyone else, so it might be difficult to get an order in, but um, they are African-American-owned. Where are they based out of? I think Virginia. Is that, is that Rutgersville, Rutgersville, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. Okay. Yes. I yeah. used to live in Virginia. I support Virginia. love Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Specialize in uh, precision rifles, don't they, Phil? Yeah. 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 Phil, Phil has two of them. Yes, I do. And I, and oh, I'm you really have some. <laughs> Zavala. Well, and, and on uh, in Caliber Digital, we have uh, uh, um, in the market, there's a post with Phil talking about how to choose a gun. And he's we've, we've got a picture of him holding an Ashbury uh, precision rifle. And then in the market, in the print and the on the rifles page in the back um, in the market, there's also a, we have a picture of a, one of their rifles. Yeah. That's amazing. Think, go ahead and. Uh, support those organizations that support us. Right. And they've definitely been an instrumental in, in helping us. You know, Gwen and I and NAGA do a lot of good things in the, on the background, uh, as, as well as you know organizations that are advertisers that are investing in, in our community and see the value. I mean, I, when I talk about Daniel Defense, I can speak to that or anybody in any of the other advertisers that we have, Smith and Wesson, Magpul, um, you know, Walters, all those folks that have said, you know what, we believe in what you're doing, we believe in what you're saying, and we're gonna put our money behind our mouth. Yeah, to me, we, that have, we have a, we might as well chop the rest of them out. We have a federal, <laughs> yes, federal yes. and Remington ammunition. Yes. Um, USCCA, uh, mm -hmm. and you mentioned Walter Arms. Um, that should be seven. I hope it's yeah. seven. We yeah. leave I need out. to, I wanted to get my money up so I can get a Daniel Defense. I just love the stuff that they make. Oh, yeah. Well, now if you join, wait, now if you join the community and you become uh, a gold ambassador just by inviting people to the community with you, you uh, just might win a $5,000 Daniel Defense experience. Whoa. That part. <laughs> yeah, I like what they, I like what they got going on. So anybody you hear that, you, you know, become a gold, what was it, gold member? A gold, you get become a gold ambassador. And gold literally, ambassador. so when you join the community, you get uh, a unique URL. So if you share that link with folks in your in your network and they join, we're able to track it automatically and you just move up the ranks. You get bronze, silver, and gold and you get um, rewarded every step of the way. And then once you get to 25, we're gonna do. And so right now we know we have um, the Daniel Defense experience, but we're gonna be working on some others with our other um, advertisers as well. So hmm. yeah. Yeah, there's, pri there's prizes in your future. <laughs> That's amazing. I love like uh, when businesses make sure they set up tiered systems like that too, like gold, you know, it's yeah. good. It's like, a, it's like a, like a, something to aspire to for members too. Well, and people are people are so excited. They're they're sharing and they're get they're jumping in without any incentives, and so it's really great to be able to offer them something, um, you know, in in exchange. And I and I got to give another shout out for our blog party. We're about to start promoting that in social media and everywhere, and that's going to be all kinds of fun. There may be there may be a lip sync battle in our. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's this um, this is a very informative. I don't have any more 
Go ahead, Phil. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Reggie. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead and close it out. Okay, he's, trying yeah, to plan, have... he's, he's trying to figure out what song he's going to perform for the lip syncing oh, okay, battle. Okay. That's, that's what he's doing. Okay. <laughs> the, the, uh, so pretty much, I want I just want people to know how they can keep up with you guys' business, where they can go to find you. You know, I don't know if you want to give personal pages. If you do, we'll follow you there too. Personal page, business page, websites. Where can we find you guys? Well, you can NAGA. So NAGA National, N-A-A-G-A -A -A National on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Anything else, Bill? I think that's it. Before Naga, it's www.n.co. Yep, Naga.co is the website. And then for Caliber, it's C-A-L-I-B-R-M-A-G, Caliber Mag, at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, all the spots. And, um, yeah. and then if you want to join the community and get your print magazine subscription, your digital subscription and the community membership and, and all the stuff that comes with the community. That's introducing.calibermag.com. And um, that's it. Perfect. I appreciate you guys a lot, man. I'm, I'm following and I love the movement. And um, man, if, if, you know, hopefully we can get another one of these later on with, with, the growth, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we get an interview when we hit a hundred thousand members like that, you know, I, I feel like I want to become a gold ambassador. So I think I need to, Come on, we need my, to do that. yeah, I need to put my hat in the ring. Cause I, I want that, that, uh, Daniel defense. Good luck. Yeah. 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 I didn't know if Phil was saying something. Sure. Phil, you're breaking up. Thank you, man. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm but I get disconnected. I want to apologize in advance. Okay. It's all good. I'm in, I'm in the same area you guys are in. So if you know there's something going on, you need somebody to pull up with a camera, get some pictures, I will do it because like I said, I love, I love the movement y'all have going on. Love it. And I appreciate y'all. Um, thank you. That will conclude our interview with the special, very important guests of Caliber Magazine and NAGA better than your average organization. I tell you that much. Thanks, thanks right. for having us. All right, thank y'all again. Bye-bye. Peace. All right, bye-bye.